in this series. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. If you have it, let it be known by saying amen. amen. If you're looking for it, say, wait a minute, preacher. I don't mind waiting. I hear papers, pages flipping. I like that. I mean, you're trying to get there, so I won't rush. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. And it reads, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, as we come to you this hour, Father, we just come to say thank you. Thank you, Father, for another opportunity to share your word. Well, Father, I ask right now that you would just crush me and hide me behind the cross. Father, I ask that you would just increase as I decrease. And, Father, I pray that you would just speak to my heart, that I may speak to your people. Father, empower us with your word today. Illuminate and revelate your word. Give me a teaching anointing and give me a preaching anointing like never before, that your people can walk out of this place clearly with good direction and knowing where to stand. And, Father, we know that your word will always stand, so we will stand on your word right now. If there's a sinner in the house, we pray that they realize that they need a Savior, and the Savior is Jesus. If there's a backslider in the house, we realize, Father, that let them realize that they need to come from that backslidden condition in order to get the things that God has for them. And, Father, we will give you the glory and honor that you so richly deserve. We ask that your spirit will fall fresh in this place. Wrap me up and tangle me up in your spirit that I may hear from glory and that your people will be set free. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm not sure if I'll get a preach out of this, but I'm definitely going to get a teach out of this um, just because of what I'm dealing with in my body. But in keeping up with when all hell breaks loose, week number one, we talked about having a solid foundation. We talked about the two men that built their house, one man built a house on stone and one built this house on sand. And we realized that when the house fell that was built on sand, that it had a great fall. And, and we realized that the foundation in which we need to stand on, the foundation on which we need to, to build on is Jesus. And when we build upon Jesus, we know that it will not fall and it will not crumble and it will not fail. And when we moved on to week two, we realized that the enemy has a plot and he wants to destroy us and he wants to separate us from God. And how in the world does the enemy separate us from God? Well, he does it by causing us to sin. He, he presents things before us and, and he gives us the opportunity to sin. Now, I, I wanted to carefully word that because I want you to understand that sinning is a choice. We choose to sin. We don't have to sin. We choose to sin. And I want you to understand that when you choose to sin, that means you're choosing to separate yourself from God. And, and, and the enemy wants us to feel like we get so far from God that we cannot return back to his good graces. But I want you to understand today that God is always standing there waiting on you with open arms. He's always ready to receive you, and he will receive you back no matter what you're going through. And especially in times when it it feels like all hell has broken loose in our lives. We 
We feel as if God has left us all alone. But those are the times that God is really standing right there with you. That God is really standing there right there beside you. And he's really orchestrating everything that's going on. And everything that's happening is for your good. And even though it don't look good, even though it don't feel good, and even though it don't sound good, it is working for your good. And when we understand that when all hell breaks loose and I have God Almighty right beside me, then I can make it through the night. And so the Bible says we may endure for the night, but joy will come in the morning. And, and when joy comes, how do you not? Ooh, this even goes back to last week. I didn't lose my joy. And so when joy decides to show up in our lives, it makes us happy. It gives us a statusism that makes us realize that I once was sad, but now I feel good. And, and when we begin to feel good, we start to see our situations a little bit different. We see our situations differently than the way we've seen them when we was feeling down. Because when you're down you see situations as things that can take you out things that can hurt you and things that come against you but when you have joy when you have peace and excitement in your life you don't see things that way you see the silver lining in every cloud somebody says when you when you got a bucket of lemons you make lemonade and so but some people say well if i eat that lemon i'm gonna have a sour face can you see the different perspective when things are presented to people in a different light but sometimes joy is just not prevalent so what do you do when there's no joy and all hell has broken loose. Well, first you got to realize what you're in, what, kind, what type of storm you're in. And it's hard to fight in a storm if you don't know what type of storm it is. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't fight, you wouldn't take the same shelter you would in a hurricane that you would in a flash flood, would you? Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come to you. So... So in Psalms 139, because this is very important that when we're facing the storms of life, it's very important that we understand who caused it. Hmm. Who caused the storm? Now, now who can cause the storms in our lives? I'm talking. You can. Who else? Satan? Good, good one. And who else? God. That's it. Okay, that's it. Because anybody else, if they cause a storm in your life, you allow them. You allow them. And so I don't want to allow anybody to be able to cause, because I go through enough stuff as it is to allow somebody else to come and cause some stuff in my life. And so, and so, so what happens, what happens when, 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 what, what is David saying? David is saying, Lord, look at me. Look at my heart. He said, search me. Now, when you search, what are you doing? You're looking for something. You're looking for something. You're searching for something. So, so Dave, now, 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 now you got to be careful with this one because David told the Lord to search him. That means that God was going to see straight through him and see all the stuff that was in him. Now, how many of us want God to search us? Okay, now. So, so, so that jealousy in your heart, God going to see it. That envy in your heart, God going to see it. That hatred in your heart, God going to see it. He's going to see it. But when you're saying, search me, O oh God, because look what he says. He says, David says, search me and see if there's anything that I did to cause this to happen. And see, that's where, that's where a lot of people go wrong. A lot of people want to play the blame game. 
they want to point the finger at somebody else and say, you made this happen. Or, 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 or people say, well, well, I act like this because I was just raised by my mama. Or I act like this because my mama only had four teeth on the right side and I was born on a Tuesday after 3 o'clock. People will come up with all kind of reasons to blame what's going on in their life. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty and you say, look, Lord, search me. Did I cause this? Am I doing something that's causing this to happen? Look, I'm, I'm going I'm to bring this right down your street. He used to beat his last wife. Why do you think he wasn't going to beat you? Mm. She was cheating on him when she got with you. Y'all didn't think it was going to be that serious, did you? Look, they had a bunch of debt when y'all hooked up. Mm. Y'all started getting high together, but since then you quit and they haven't, and you mad at them. Mm. Oh, y'all didn't think I was going to be right there, did you? And see, and see, and see when, you, when you hook up with that person, or you get with that person that's doing those things, what makes you think you're going to be the one to change them? What makes you think you're going to be the one to be the difference maker? The, 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 differ, the difference maker is him. And even before we knew God, even before we knew Jesus, we always played his role. I can change him. 20 years later, they're still playing cards, spending all the rent money. Mm. Let me know how that works out for you. And so, and so the Bible is telling us that, that God needs to search us. Because you know what we'll do? We'll sweep things under the rug and say, oh, that's all right. Or we'll say, that's, I, that, that's who I am. That don't make it right. And so when God searches you and God shows you who you are, and I'm telling you, when he does this, it really don't feel good. When God shows you who you are, and you think, and especially like, like Tobo was saying this morning, especially when you think you got it all together. And God's like, that ain't, that ain't right what you're doing. And look, mm, I'm going to hit all layers this morning. And even when you throwing a rock and hiding your hand and somebody doing the dirt for you, you still behind it. And you got people operating. You, you know, we, we got little puppets. Certain people got little puppets that do little stuff. And you behind it all the time. <laughs> but the root cause is you. All right. So, so, so when God begins to search us, and he begins to show us, and even, I'm, I'm going to tell you, even, even when, I'm going to tell you, I can only tell you about me. Can't talk about you because I ain't got God's vision. But when, 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 when I told, when I asked God one day several years ago to teach me how to love, Lord have mercy. That's all I can say. Because when he teaches you how to love, he brings unloving people to you. And he said, if you really want to know how to see, it's easy to love people who love you back. That's the easy part. But when you got to love somebody who don't like you, or when you got to love somebody who's been talking about you, or when you got to love somebody who just don't have your best interest at heart, see, that's a whole nother level of love right there. But if you can love them folk, 
you can love. And, and look, if you can, if you can get that, you know, the Bible says that love will cover a multitude of sin. And if you can get that person to start loving you, mm, you know what you really just did? You just loved the hell out of somebody. Because anything that's not of God is of hell. Okay. It's only, it's only two sides, I'm telling you now. It's only two sides. So look, so, so, so you want to be searched. And so if, 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 let's say there's a crime scene. We can use Dallas, for instance. After the aftermath, CSI investigators went around and they were searching for clues. They went in every nook and every cranny trying to find if there were other people associated with the one person that did it. And so when you allow God to go into the inner parts of you and look into the dark parts, even the parts you thought you had hidden, even the the hurt that you put away from being touched by Uncle John 20 years ago, or even the letdowns and disappointments that you had because your daddy walked away from you. When God goes into those places and shows you this is why you got a bad attitude because you're still mad because daddy walked away. We need to deal with that point right now. And so when you start to deal with those things and you sit on God's couch and let him take notes on you, which you already done did, then you're forced to deal with the place where you are. And so most of us don't want to deal with that place because it's painful. And if, and, if, and if I bring this out about what he did to me, about what she did to me, then y'all going to look at me sideways. And most people want to be looked at with love from their peers. And then if you're bringing something up from years ago, it might destroy the family. But isn't it better? I'm just asking a question. Isn't it better to deal with it so I can get better? Because every now and then you got to get selfish when it comes to your well-being, especially when it deals with your spiritual growth. You got to get selfish. This, this is about me right now. This ain't about you. ain't about them. It's about me. I got to get better. So look, we're going to talk about a couple of storms and then we'll get out of here. There's a storm of persecution. So what is persecution? Persecution is the evil wrong or injustice one receives as a direct result of their righteous or just actions, words, or deeds. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm a, I'll bring it to you biblically so you can go find it. Job. Job was an upright man, right? He was righteous. But he was attacked by Satan, and it wasn't because of anything he had done. It was because he was righteous. If anybody in here ever experienced a storm because you was righteous, because you stood for the right thing, because you did the right thing, and when you stood for the right thing, as a matter of fact, while, 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 the crowd, while everything is being sorted out, you got 45 people around you, but as soon as you stand for the right thing, you got nobody beside you. Because people will leave you. So he was a righteous man. And so that's a good reason. It's going to be twisted now. That's a good reason to be attacked. 
Oh, nobody want to hear that, do they? If I'm righteous, and where's, where does my righteousness come from? Christ Jesus, same, same thing, same person. So my righteousness is found in Christ Jesus. So if I'm righteous and the enemy decides to attack me, that means he sees something in me too. Uh, so that's a good reason to be attacked. And, and don't you know that the, the, because of the attack, you're going to be stronger? You're going to be better? You're going to be wiser. Anybody in here want to be stronger? Anybody want to be better? Anybody want to be wiser? Okay, I'm just asking. Just asking. So how do I fight a storm of persecution? I'm glad you asked. Does anybody have an idea of how you fight a storm of persecution? The Word of God, okay. What's in the Word? Pray. What else? Praise, worship. But what comes along with the Word of God? There's a word. It starts with an A. Authority. Authority comes with the Word of God. And so when I realize the authority that I have, even in the midst of the storm, I'm all right. What did Jesus do? Peace. Be still. He exuded his authority in the midst of a storm. And you can do the same thing, right? Okay, I'm, I'm just checking. So, so, so who reveals the types of storm that we in? That's right. The Holy Spirit will. He'll reveal. But you know what happens most of the time when we get in a storm? We start looking at the storm instead of... <laughs> we start looking at God. We start looking at the storm. And guess what? Whatever you put your eyes on is what you gave authority to. Mm. Now that one ain't in here. And so, and so if I keep my eyes on him, then I realize that he's the one that can get me out. But when I start looking at the storm, I make the storm greater than God. Mm. So how about a storm of prosecution? What is prosecution? It's, listen to this now. It's the deserved punishment that someone receives because of the wrong or evil that someone has done. This says it's the deserved punishment. So, so let's, let's, let's look at us. The trouble that I face on my job could be because I'm habitually late or I'm not doing a good job. Hmm. Could be. The trouble, people are always running up in my face because I'm always gossiping. Even, even if you were the gossiper, and you stopped, people going to always. And that's what we try to teach our children. You, if you are a troublemaker in the first grade and the second grade, then even when you get to the third grade, because the teacher's lounge ain't a place just to eat. They talk about y'all. I want y'all to know that. And you know, it's, it's sad when you hear teachers, I pray to God I don't get such and such in my class next year. And they do that because teachers are people too. And they don't want to deal with all the confusion and the headaches and the hell and the fighting and the cursing and all the stuff that goes along. They don't want to deal with that. 
And so even kids, you got to search yourself. Am I the one that the teacher's talking about in the teacher's lounge and saying I don't want them in my class? Or am I the one they're talking about in the teacher's lounge and say they are a joy to teach? On my job, is, there, is the boss saying, oh, God, I don't want to go talk to them? Or is he saying, you know what, I love talking to them because they always got a positive attitude. They're always doing the best job that they can do. And they even recognize when they make mistakes and they own up to it. See, I just described two different people, and I done had to deal with both of them. And it's a joy to be able to walk up to that person that, that, that's got a positive attitude and, 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 and are ready to, to receive correction. But you get some people been on, I've been doing this job 35 years. And you know what they'll say? And you've just been here five or ten. You can't tell me how to run it. I didn't come to tell you how to run a job. I come to tell you how to be a better employee. And so, and so we have to be ready for that correction because if you're going to ask the Lord to search you, you've got to be ready for what his answer and his response is. How about the trouble we face in our finances? Could it be because we just mismanaged money? Them, them, yeah, yeah, it is most of the time. Or, or y'all, y'all, let me, let me tell you a little secret. It really ain't a secret. But when you start, when you start getting your credit together, look how many credit cards start coming to your house. And they don't be but for like $500. And you're like, I can handle $500. Yeah, right. You're just not getting it together. And so you take that credit card and you start using it. And then you're not able to pay it, and then your, your credit goes right back down in the toilet. It's a, it's, they, they do that. And look, now, now yeah, I'm going to do it. Um, them companies you used to go to, them loan companies, you worked your behind to get them paid off when they don't charge you 800% interest. And it takes you years to get them paid off. And finally you get them paid off and you rolling right along and you doing good and you want to make some improvements to your home or want to do a nice vacation with the kids. And you're like, you know what? I really can't afford it, so we're just going to have to chug along a little bit more. And one day in the mail they get it. It's already approved. All you got to do is sign it and bring it back down here. They always show up right when you need something. It's, it's a trick to get you back in debt. And keep you in bondage. That's what they want to do. Keep you in bondage. How about this one? <laughs> the devil done gave me a cold or a flu. <laughs> no, you came in contact with somebody who had the virus. That's all it is. <laughs> okay. But, but you, see how we'll, you see how we'll attribute stuff to the enemy? We'll give him so much credit. And, and, and look, if, this is what I would do, if, especially if I was evil. When I see something go down like that, I'd be like, <laughs> them big dummies. I ain't give you no flu or no cold. But while you got it and you're thinking I did, let me come and touch another part of your body. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. You open up the door. We, I, I didn't, I've been talking to y'all about, y'all about portals, how we allow stuff to come in. Mm. <laughs> there's no reason the word of God can't be fun so look so look what about the storm of negligence 
What is negligence? Negligence is a failure to use reasonable care resulting in damage or injury to others. A lot of attacks come because we're lethargic, apathetic, and our Christian walk. We fail to guard our lives and our homes. How many know your home can be under attack? And just like anything else, there are portals into your house. You bring them in or you welcome them in. But they want to always come into a, a good home and mess it up. Listen, most of us, and I'm, I'm, I, can, I, can, I can raise my hand, our prayer lives are sporadic. Sporadic means I pray here, pray there, every now and then, whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm dealing with, I pray. Listen to this. If we use the same discipline we used in eating, that we do with our prayer life, some of us will starve to death. Starve to death. If we ate as much as we prayed, that go a diet for you right there. Mm. <laughs> it's the truth. Mm. So if you said every time I pray I eat, <laughs> and every time I don't pray I won't eat, Mm. Okay. Some of y'all just start praying so you can swell up. (laughs) So listen, listen. So we can't continue on in habitual sinning. You can't you can't do that. We talked about that this morning over over with the men. You you can't do that because it, it, it'll, it'll lead to disobedience and unrighteousness, and it opens you up for an attack. So if you're continually doing a sin and continually having bad things happen to you, it's you. It's you. And, and, and sometimes we, and, 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 and I like the, the conversation we had because sometimes we try to put sin on different levels. But sin is sin. The guy that's killed insane cops, killed him five cops. Sin ain't no worse than me telling a lie on my sister right here in the eyes of God. Now, society sees it different. But in the eyes of God, it's the same thing. Sin is sin. So look, now, now do you know, now, now God causes some storms to come, right? Okay, but he has a reason behind it. God's reason for a storm to come is to get you to repent and change. Now, And Satan's reason is he wants to destroy and neutralize us and get us away from praying and get us away from God. That's what what Satan wants. So so when God sends a storm, he wants you to repent and change. Let's look at one in the Bible. If you turn to Jonah, Jonah 1 through 4, listen to what it says. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. I'm going to read it for you. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amity, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. 
Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me out of the belly of Sheol, which is another word for hell. I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me, and all your billows and your waves passed over me. Now, disobedience brought apart about this storm. Because he had got a command, he had got a direct command from God. I need you to go down to Nineveh and preach to them so that they will repent. He was trying to change one group of people and then had to change another person to change another group. That's extra work, ain't it? How many of y'all like to do extra work? Anybody in here like to do extra work? Kids, y'all like to do extra chores when they say clean your room, then now you got to take out the trash and go wash the car and rake the leaves. Y'all don't like that, do it? Well, why do we cause God to do extra work? When he gives us a command, just do it. Just do it. So then, then it said, so it, God sent the storm. And, and look what God did. This is so beautiful. God sent the storm, but he offered a vehicle of grace. So did the storm work? Why did the storm work? He got his attention, and he realized he had to do what God said to do. Huh? He got to his destination. It did some other things. Now, his disobedience almost caused some other people to die too, right? Because them men on the ship was like, what in the world is going on? And Jones like, it's me. It's me. Yeah, I, yeah, y'all, y'all throw me overboard. And this, this is stop. And so, but look, he had searched himself. He knew. And so, and so listen, listen to this statement. This is a powerful statement. Because when you think about when God causes a storm to come, it makes you uncomfortable. Because in the belly of a fish, a man was never meant to sit. So he was in an uncomfortable place trying to realize I need to be in a better place. But listen to this. God is more concerned with where you would spend eternity than you being uncomfortable for a little while. That's good stuff right there. <laughs> He's more concerned about where you're going to be for eternity than you being upset and uncomfortable right now. Basically, what he's saying is get over it. Let's get through it. So listen, even in the storm, sometimes we have to deal with unsaved family members. We have to pray, Lord, whatever you have to do to get them saved, do it. Now, now, when you do that, when you do that, realize the storm is coming. Now, I'm, I'm finna put my little disclaimer right there. It's going to be a little funny, but it really ain't. Lord, why are you doing this to my baby? You said you wanted them saved. This the perfect, you know, that when God's in the storm, it's the perfect storm. This is the perfect storm to get them saved. I know what I'm doing. You asked me to do it, I'm doing it. Now, now we got some spiritual schizophrenics. Ask God to do something. What? No, don't do that. Oh, wait. Yeah, do it. Oh. Mm. And so even, even, even in a storm, in a storm when people... Sometimes your storm will cause people to leave you. Because some people can't deal with the heat and the pressure of a storm. Especially when you keep going to them, help me with this. 
I'm sorry I'm going through this. And, and people are like, good God, I'm, like, I'm about tired of you. But don't, the storm really shows you who's with you. So it's, it's still not a bad thing. It's working for your good. So don't get upset because they walked away. I heard a line in a song in, the other day. I'm glad I found the good and goodbye. That's deep, ain't it? Y'all, y'all know who said that? Y'all don't even know who said that, do you? Beyonce said that in a song. Yeah, she said that. <laughs> y'all, y'all ain't going to hell because I'm listening to Beyonce. I'm just telling you that now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so listen, listen to this. Matthew, 20, Matthew 16, 26 says, For what? What is a man that profiteth if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? And so, if, 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 let's go to our legal system. If it's working right, that's my disclaimer, if it's working right. If someone is innocent of a crime, and they go to court and plead their case, and if the system works, they set free. Right? Now look, on the other hand, if someone is guilty, and there is video evidence or an eyewitness, then they may plead guilty and hope for a lesser charge. They throw themselves on the mercy of the court. When you, how many of y'all, any, any of y'all in here guilty of anything? <laughs> and so, and so, now, now let me ask you this. How many of y'all going down to the Greenville Municipal Building and tell them you're guilty, and wait for the outcome. (laughs) Why? Because you don't trust the system. That's why. I know why. Because you don't trust. If I go tell them folk I'm doing this, they're going to lock me up and throw away the key. But there is another system you can throw yourself on. And that's God's system. Lord, I'm guilty, and I throw myself at your mercy. Now, I think a lot of y'all just miss what I said. You throw yourself at his mercy. (laughs) But isn't he throwing mercy at you too? (laughs) So when when you throw yourself at his mercy and have that type of collision, and you realize that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, Oh, my God, that's a whole nother place right there. Whole nother place. So, look, we're going to talk about another one. Um, when David committed adultery with Bathsheba, he didn't remind God of his word or his promise. He simply threw himself at the mercy of God. It's found in Psalms 51 and 4. Listen to what it says. He says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercy." multitude of your tender mercy he said blot out my transgressions then he said wash me thoroughly from my iniquity or sin and cleanse me from my sin then then look what he said for i acknowledge my transgressions see there it is right there i'm a sinner and i have sin and my sin is always before me I keep doing stuff, God. I try to stop, but I keep doing stuff. I, I, I try to help people, but I keep, I keep letting people down. 
I try to pray but for other people, but I end up praying for myself. Uh-oh. Mm. He said, for against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. So, so, so how often do we need to repent? Who told you that? that that's, that's what I'm looking for right there. Right there. We need to repent daily. Daily. And that, that's telling me, that's telling me that, that if I'm going to repent daily, that I recognize that I'm messing up. And so now I become sensitive to the things I do. I become sensitive to the things I say. I become sensitive to the way I treat people. I become sensitive to the way I walk. And I'm not talking about my pimp walk. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about walking circumspectively, walking upright with God and how I act in my everyday conduct. I'm going to conduct myself as a believer. So when they start gossiping over here, deuces. When they start telling lies over here, deuces. When they start set, setting traps for people up here, deuces. I'm really running out of space, Anna. Yeah, but I promise you God will enlarge your territory. Mm. Because when you start thinking, when you, because if you can't get out of these places, you're going to forever be trapped. And you're going to forever have storms. And when you start gossiping and lying and digging ditches and treating people bad, you better look out. It's coming back. The Bible even says, be careful for your sins will find you out. Mm. So look, here's a petition, a petition for mercy. Last one, and we get ready to go. Matthew 15, 25 and 26 says, then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried to him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And, he, and she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her, her daughter was healed. Now, listen, listen to what this, this lady did. First, she came, at, she came at him wrong. She came at him wrong because, I'm, and I'm going to explain it to you. She said, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now, son of David was a term of endearment used by the Jews. And she used that term trying to get God's attention, trying to get Jesus' attention. But what did it say she was? She was a woman of Canaan. She was a Canaanite. She wasn't a Jew. So, number one, she came at him wrong. And what was his response? Thank you. <laughs> God ain't going to respond when you come at him wrong. You come in here with nose all snotty, hair all messed up, and ain't said, Lord, have mercy on me or nothing. Oh, well, I see you crying. So look. Then she told him about her daughter. He still didn't say a word. 
Then the disciple said, send her away. Then look what he said. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus said, this, I came for these people. I didn't come for you. Now, it seems a little harsh, but he's trying to line her up. And so, and so when he says, uh, but then in verse 25, she did what she needed to do. It said, after all the mess, I'm coming right down your street. After you done faked the funk, after you done tried to pull the wool over his eyes, the only thing that's going to get his attention, it said, and then she came and worshipped. Mm. She came and worshipped. And then she said, Lord, help me. But then look, he didn't do nothing immediately then. He said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. See, sometimes God want to know how bad do you want him. See, we think God is obligated to help us. God ain't obligated to help you. The only thing God was obligated to do was send his son. The rest is up to you. Now, he will help you. And so look what the woman did. He, he, said, he said, it's not good to take the children's bread, which the things that I have for the children of Israel, it ain't good to take that and give it to the little dog, y'all, y'all other folk. Now, how many of y'all would have walked away? Can't believe you talked to me like that. I ain't standing around here for that. I'm out of here. Deuces, dude. How many people would have walked away mad? We do that all the time. And guess what? When you walk away, even in your disgust, you miss your blessing. Because sometimes he want to see how, long, how bad you want it. And, and if, God answered, if God answered us immediately, microwavily, all the time, we have that expectation of him to do it all the time, every time. And then when he don't do it, we get our lip poked out, won't put on our clothes and do like David did, rent our clothes and sit in dirt for three months. But then look what she said. She said, yes. She said, yes, Lord, you're right. Y'all, y'all missed that? <laughs> she said, yes, Lord, you're right. You, I don't deserve to get what you're getting what you're giving. But I do know one thing, that even if you continue to give it to them and they get an overflow, I'm going to take that overflow. Because when it falls down, the, 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 the healing that you have in your overflow is good enough for me. The power you have in your overflow is good enough for me. What you have left over, Lord, I'll take your leftovers. I won't take a man's leftover because a man ain't going to leave me nothing but crumbs, scraps, and what he don't want. But God, your leftovers is better than anything that can be left on the plate. She said, yes, Lord, I do get that and I will stand here and receive whatever you have because Lord you can fix my situation as a matter of fact I told you a few minutes ago what it was I told you my daughter's demon possessed and I'm coming on behalf of her and Lord I'm going to throw myself down as a matter of fact you made me humble myself when you called me a little dog you can call me a little dog you can call me a little pig you can call me a little cat you can call me a little mouse you can call me what you want little God because in your eyes I am little but God I still need you and desire for you to do something for me right now this day and guess what Jesus did Jesus said guess what woman your faith I ain't moving I ain't going nowhere Jake said I'm going to hold on to you Lord until you bless me I ain't going nowhere 
Lord, I'm going to stay right here. And look, and if I have to stay right here, look, we're singing, I'm going to stay till my change come. But if your change don't come in three, four minutes, you get up and walk away. Every now and then, we got to sit there in that place. It don't feel good to sit there in that place. It don't even look good to sit there in that place. But, Lord, I'm going to sit here till my change come. I've been wicked long enough. I've been talking about people long enough. I've been cussing long enough. I've been gossiping long enough. Lord, I'm going to sit here till my change come. And when my change come, I'm going to be a better person. I'm not going to worry about what the world say about me. I'm going to worry, not going to worry about what my, what my co-workers say about me. I'm just going to sit here till my change come. And Lord, you know what? In the meantime, if you don't do it right now, I'm still going to praise your holy name. I'm going to give you some glory. I'm going to give you some honor. I'm just going to worship you, Lord, because I know you're worthy to be praised. And, and Lord, if you don't even do anything else for me, even though the thing I asked you to do, if you don't do it on this side, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to hold on to you, Lord, because I I know you're coming back and when you go back I'm going back with you. I'm not going to let you leave me here Lord because you told me if I believe in your word, if I can believe that you are the son of God and if I believe that you God raised you from the dead I shall be saved. I'm going back with you so Lord if I don't get these little petty things that I'm worried about down here it's going to be alright because I got a mansion on the other side. I'm going to fly away one day. Lord if I don't get anything else from you just keep my salvation so one day I'm going to be right there with you and everything's going to be all right. Mm. That's what we got to hold on to. Don't let nobody, nothing separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ. Don't let nobody, don't let no situation. Listen, my, one of my great friends one of my great friends this week, he called me. I just got home Thursday, and the house was quiet. The boys was laying down. And I was like, perfect. I can go lay down. It's quiet. I need a nap. But I get home. I get home, and, and, and I'm going to be real with y'all. Listen, I was going to visit Jake, and something said, go home. So I was like, so I called Jake. That's when I called Jake. And Jake, Jake was in a good mood, doing good. So I got home, I was like, okay. So the house quiet, you know I'm saying, okay, God, you wanted me to come home so I can get some rest. Because you got everybody quiet. But I get home, and as soon as I put my shorts on and my T-shirt on and I get in the bed and I lay down, my phone rang. And, 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 and the guy I go hunting with called me. He said, he said, man, mama just died. I was like, what happened? Because just the other day we was going to do something. He said, I'm going by to talk to mama. And he, you know, mama was okay. And, and, and so I said, I sprang up and I was like, man, I'll be there in a minute. He was at the hospital. So I jumped up and put my clothes on and I went there. And, and, and Adrian and the boys, they came, they came too because she's friends with him as well. And so when I got there, there was nothing. What can you say? I mean, because, because when he described what happened, say mama got up that morning. Mama was doing fine. Mama got up. Went outside, went to get her dog some water, came back in. She said she was a little hot, a little sweaty. Her daughter was there getting ready to help her change clothes. The daughter went back to get the clothes, came back, mama dead. Some storms you can't even talk in. But the thing that I realized as I, as I talked to Steve, Steve said, man, I don't understand. And I said, Steve, I don't either. I said, but the one thing we do know is God, is, God don't make mistakes. He said, yes, I know that. I know. But that don't, that don't eliminate the hurt. 
See, see, a lot of times when we think God is going to get us out of something, he remains in it with us. And just because God is there, that don't take away the pain. Because pain is only an indication that you're still alive. So thank God when you wake up and you feel that twitch in your back. Thank God when you wake up and you walk across the floor and all your bones popping. You're still alive. Because somebody somewhere did not wake up. Somebody somewhere is laying flat on their back wishing they could move. We got to quit taking things for granted. Those five policemen woke up that morning had no idea that that was their last day on earth. Those two young men who got killed in Minneapolis, Indianapolis, Minneapolis, whatever. They had no idea that that police stop was going to be their last stop. So you got to be ready, y'all. You got to be ready because think about this. The other day I was cutting grass, and as soon as I got done, a storm hit. Bam. It came out of nowhere. And look what the, look, look what the storm did. The storm knocked out my, my direct TV. Little poor Ashton back there about to have a nervous breakdown because he don't like thunder. MJ just mad because the TV went out. But when storms come, they're going to do something. And so, and so look, the only thing you can do sometimes is just ride it out. But when the storm is over, now look at this. Now I'm going to help you and then we can go home. When the storm is over, you got a decision to make. Because the service that I had prior to direct TV never went out in an ice storm, never went out in a rainstorm, never went out in a thunderstorm. Went out. So look, I might have the wrong service. But Darrell is getting on the phone and calling somebody because they was asking me when I was trying to get this straightened out yesterday, they was asking me, is there anything we can do to keep you with directive? No. It, it wasn't even a major storm and y'all went out. I can't imagine if something bad happened. You're sure there's nothing. And see, that's the thing about it. When you come out of a storm, there might be some things you got to cut loose and change. There might be some friends you got to get rid of. There might be some family members. Look, I can't even fool with you no more. I done been through this hell of fire storm, and I done been through so much trouble and so much pain. I can't deal with your foolishness no more. You acting childish. As a matter of fact, you acting your shoe size instead of your age. And I can't deal with people that's acting their shoe size. If you want to act like a size 9 or 12, you go ahead and be that. But I'm 48 right now, and I need to deal with stuff on the 48-year-old level. As a matter of fact, I got to deal with some stuff higher than that. And I can't handle that right now. It don't mean I love, don't love you no more. It don't mean I can't really call you my family member no more but I can't deal with that kind of stuff right there because when I came through this storm because as a matter of fact I thought this one was going to take me out but God was able to bring me through and so now that he brought me through I'm not dealing with the crazy foolishness no more I don't went to another level and don't you know just like Jonah when he went into the belly of the fish he wasn't in that same place that he needed correcting in the fish took him to another place and put him on dry land and so when you get yourself on dry land and it ain't raining no more 
and the lightning ain't flashing no more and the thunder ain't rolling no more, first of all, you need to lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Then you need to start walking and say, Lord, whatever you do have for me, I'll do it. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Lord, if I got to preach to them hellions down there, I'll preach to them all day long. If I need to go pray for them, Lord, I'm going to pray for them all day long. If I got to walk down the hospital hall, just mumbling and speaking in tongues, hoping that somebody get healed, Lord, I will do it. It doesn't matter what you think about it anymore. You, you should have lost your thoughts a long time ago. The Bible says, let this mind of Christ be in you also. So you need to quit thinking about stuff and go ahead and let the Holy Spirit tell you what you need to do. As we stand to our feet, different storms, persecution, prosecution, and negligence. Quit being negligent in your spiritual life. Because somebody could get killed because you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. What if your prayer, what if your prayer was going to stop the next massacre? How about this one? What if your prayer was going to convince that young boy, that young girl, I don't need to be gay? Y'all don't want to hear about that kind of stuff. What if your prayer was going to cause that person not to blow their brains out? What if your prayer was going to cause that person in the hospital that's been in a coma for six months to wake up and walk out? That's the kind of power we have. But we're negligent. And so people stay in a coma. People allow the spirit of homosexuality to come upon them. People kill themselves. And I'm not saying that it's because of you don't take, don't walk out of here with your head all down. Pastor said, because I ain't pray they're doing. I'm saying, what if? What if? What if your prayer elevated a child in here to be the next president of the United States? What if your prayer caused that child that was always in their shell to come out and be the leader of the gospel course, be the leader of the children's choir, be a deacon in training, be a trustee at work? What if? I'm done with that. Let us pray. Father, if there's one in here that is not saved, that don't know you, no, I hear you. Everybody repeat after me. Everybody repeat after me. Lord, I am a sinner, and I recognize that I need you. Come into my heart. Change my heart. Change my life. I'll accept you as Lord of my life and ruler of this world. Thank you, Lord, for changing my heart, for changing my mind, and changing my destiny.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now to him who is able to keep us from falling, present us faultless before our creator. May he rest ruling about with us henceforth and forevermore. And all God's people said amen. 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 God bless you. We love you. Have an awesome week in the name of Jesus.